Hey everybody, welcome to episode 88 of the Masterclass. My name's Cam, he's Dave. Hello. What's up? Ah, podcast time. Indeed. Back on our regularly scheduled time. Yeah, we've been four for four. Yeah, man. For it's a good year. month for us, Dave. Yes, so far so good. Yeah, only 48 more to go. That's... It, it will fly by. <laughs> yeah. Because the last two years have flown by. Well, yeah, I guess from a podcasting perspective. But anyways, <clears throat> just realized my kid will be one at the end of this year. Wow. She's already two months old. She got her two-month shots yesterday. Oh, fun. Got all vaccinated and stuff. Because I'm a good citizen. But we won't talk about vaccinations because that's a can of worms I don't want to get open on this show. There's there's no can of worms. You get your kids vaccinated. All right. (laughs) I knew I liked you, Dave. Yes. It's it's not even remotely controversial. (laughs) Sorry. But Jenny McCarthy says otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all know her credentials. Oh. All right. Well, this show started off interesting. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, not very nice. <laughs> so, Jesus. Um, yeah, we're going to finish uh, Chapter 24 today. About time. Yeah, I know. All this, <laughs> all this like end time stuff. I'm interested to see if like we just lost subscribers because we've been talking about yeah, it. I don't think people listen anymore. Oh, they do. Oh, okay. They just don't write in. We feel lonely. We're codependent. Well, not really. Not but... so much. Yeah. So, this is going great. <laughs> Should we just start over? <laughs> hey, everybody. Take welcome one. to episode 88 <laughs> of the Masterclass. No, we're going to, uh, we're just going to dive in because we got a, like a 15 verse chunk here that we're going to. Yes. We're going to get through it together, Dave. Looking forward to it. Would you like to read it? Yeah. I I was scrolling. Okay, so we're... Yeah, it is a long passage. Matthew 24, 36 through 51. All right, here we go. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is the servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to him, My master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, 
The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, at an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites in that place. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yikes. Yeah. So, where to begin? How about the beginning? Sounds like a plan. Yeah, it's almost like like we've done it this way every time. All right. So, I'm going to take... My first thought uh, is about, I don't know, the first six verses, five verses. Uh, I get that no one knows the time or place. Um, but hasn't Jesus, who doesn't know the time or place, been painting very, very vivid pictures for the past few episodes about what things to look for? Yes. And so I just find it interesting that he doesn't know the time or the place, yet is able to, you know, for an entire chapter kind of paint a foggy picture and that's just weird to me yeah because you know even going back to where we came from in terms of this chapter in matthew there's an element of uh learn from the fig tree mm-hmm. you, you recognize the signs um that uh, the fig tree gives you and uh a little bit farther back than that I can't remember the exact words, but just kind of the sense of, um, and boy, I may be even confusing other things here of, um, you know, we can read, you can read the signs of like what the weather is going to be like. And so, yeah, there is this element of he's the one talking about it, kind of even has indicated that you should be able to recognize the signs of it. And then when it comes down to it, it's, yeah, nobody knows. But also, later on, he says something along the lines of, yeah, uh, verse 44, therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So he's, you know, he's giving all these warnings. Yes. And then saying he's going to come, you know, when when all of those things kind of are true. But I'm coming when you don't expect. So if we're looking for the end times, like certain people are doing that and like nothing else mm-hmm. and, you know, putting hard dates on it and being wrong every single time. And, you know, some of the cults that try to usher it in by drinking the Kool-Aid or, you know, whatever it is that they're into. Um, I just, I find it very interesting and I think hard to, uh, solve not like when it's going to happen, but how Jesus is, as I've said, he's describing, you know, certain conditions or, you know, certain circumstances and then saying, Oh, but, but I don't know when, and just pretty much always be on your guard. Yes. Even though if I'm always on my guard, I'm not going to let the thief rob my castle or whatever, which I also find is an odd metaphor. Because Jesus isn't coming to steal. No. It's the this, He's the devil comes like a thief in the <laughs> night, yes. Yeah, I, I as as we have um as we have 
ventured through this part of scripture and, and talking about the end times and the day and the hour, uh, I, I can, I, I really feel like I'm exactly where I was before I started that I need to live my life the same, whether I'm going to be alive during the end times or I'm not going to be alive during the end times, uh, for him to come like a thief in the night, uh, for me personally, Again, I if I die tonight, if I die tomorrow, then that is my day. And it, it it you need to be prepared because you just don't know. And I've seen enough people die before their time, quote unquote before their time. And so I I, I guess if anything, I've come to the conclusion and this is on this verse with verse uh you know, 40 and 41, where it talks about one person will be taken and one person won't be taken. Um, Is that why there's always two pilots on a plane? Could be. Could be. Oh, but I bet there's a lot that both could end up going. <laughs> that would be kind of scary. Kind of? Yeah. Terrifying. It would be terrifying. I guess what, so, uh, and this is going to sound maybe a little bit glib or like I'm trying to joke, but... You know, I feel pretty confident in my salvation and uh, need to live day in, day out as though it could be my last day. I never know when my time on here will be up. But in this particular verse, you know, uh, if I'm there and you disappear and it's happening all over the earth, I'm probably going to go, okay, clearly didn't have quite what I needed, so time to uh, reevaluate and figure out what but yeah I, I i truly have i'm i'm exactly where i was uh i i think i'm a little bit more mature in and how i've arrived here this go round in that uh, to me it's the way i need to live my life versus i don't want to deal with this hard scripture that doesn't make sense to me um and just avoid the topic altogether yeah and i i agree with you uh i just I was hoping that working through these passages would help me feel a little more uh, confident in my understanding. Not necessarily like, oh, I wanted to come out with a hard date, because if right. you listen to earlier no. episodes, I think that's ludicrous. Um, but at the same time, I wanted to have less... I wanted to have a better grip on why Jesus said what he said. And I don't feel like I do. I, I And I would agree with that as well. I Yeah. And so that, I, I guess to me, that's why I'm like, well, yeah, you know that I'm supposed to live my life the same, regardless of, you know, if, you know, there's a gun to my head or, or whatever. Maybe that was a really bad metaphor to choose. Um, <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I feel like just unsatisfied with my, uh, I guess um, grasp of this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and that's you know I don't like feeling like that. So you know, little pity party over here. <laughs> I yeah, I and I I I absolutely agree with that. Um, I guess my the part for me is I can genuinely say that I've arrived at what 
I'm at in terms of, um, I don't see any, I, I, it's just not a cop out for me. Like I think it was on before we did all this. Like I, I, I can genuinely say to you, I remember just being in college and just kind of being like, don't care, don't get it. So I'm just going to default to the least common denominator of I could die tomorrow and that covers me for everything. Mm-hmm. And this go round, it just was, it was uh, just more of a, it, it, sort of a, dis, uh, a decision being more intentional with that. Because even as I've, you know, kind of surfed the web and looked at some other things, you know, when, when we talked about this a little bit before we started recording is, when people start talking about what they see that's going on in the world that leads them to believe that we're in the end times or what the end times are going to be, I I still arrive on the whole, yeah, it's always been that way. So one of them is like uh, chaos in the Middle East. That's, when is there not, that's the history of the world is chaos in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. It truly is. And, um, yeah, throughout the entire Bible, even Old Testament. Yeah. was always Cain and Abel, man. That that ripple is still... Yeah, well, and Isaac and Ishmael and from Abraham and just... The... Well, yeah, that's like... But I'm saying, like, ever since that the first murder, like... Right, absolutely, yeah. Game over, you know? I mean, I suppose you take it back to Adam and Eve, but... Yeah. Um, another one that they, that, that comes up frequently is the, is Israel becoming a state in 1948. Uh, I have a couple of different things with that. Um, 60 some years have, have passed. Almost 70. Almost 70 years. And, uh, again. It's a it's a drop in the bucket, um, in terms of eternity and even the history of the world. Uh, but there's definitely this as you read about uh, Israel and the importance of Israel and that sort of a thing. There is a sense of it being in, within a generation, and very rarely I can't find really a generation being significantly more than forty years. So that's the other thing I arrive at. The other thing that I learned and uh, that the importance of Israel and particularly the 1948 uh, date is very much an American ideal. And from what I can find and have discovered, and if anybody can find something different, I'd be happy to look at this, is that Christians in, in Israel and the Middle East really don't have that same sort of fascination with themselves <laughs> with themselves in 1948 that we do and uh basically to sum it up um and we 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 hit on this a little bit is that um oh the actual spot where the 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 temple was there's still the 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 uh the rock uh, is it the rock? What Do- is it? Dome of the rock. Dome of the rock. I can't remember. So the dome of the rock. So that's one of the issues that they still have is that the dome of the rock is where the temple was, which is ultimately that's something that matters. And then the second, <laughs> uh, the second thing is is that, you know, 
the the Allied forces after World War II basically kind of made this agreement, and it doesn't have the hand of God on it the way the Old Testament does, the way that the Jewish uh, nation, the Hebrew nation, believes Israel will be restored. It just, they're like, yeah, this, well, this falls so incredibly short. Yeah, because again, it's a political thing, right? Right. And they yes. thought Jesus was going to come back and take political power, and he didn't. And so that kind of leads me towards the next part that you know talks about the thief, you know, the master staying up because he knows the thief is coming. But verse 44 says, therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you, you do not expect, which I've already stated like, ugh. <sighs> Not satisfying, but I feel like that part is really, really, really important because God acts in ways that we don't expect. Yep. God works through people that we don't expect. Jesus acted in a way that we didn't expect. He came in a way that wasn't expected. What good can come from Nazareth, right? He was a carpenter. Mm-hmm. He never sought political office, even when they he uh the you know the triumphal entry on the on the donkey and the the palm leaves and everything they all thought he was coming to take political power and that's why the disciples all wanted to know who was going to be at his right hand cuz you know they wanted to be in power and then he dies on the cross and they all scatter like roaches when the lights come on mm-hmm. because it wasn't expected and so that's again another reason why I think like I don't I don't desire to know when it's gonna happen. I just desired better understanding of what he meant. Um and that's where I feel like ah I still have a stuff to some to learn for certain. Um but this whole he's coming at an hour you do not expect, even though he has kind of in in these, you know, uh sweeping terms said these are the signs. I don't feel like he ever said it's going to be a Tuesday mm-hmm. or anything even remotely that specific. It's going to happen in 2000 years or like nothing like that. Um, but just not being surprised when it does happen in a way that we don't expect because you must be ready, which gets to your point of is you shouldn't live your life differently because we're in the end times or we're not. Yes. Our, you know, our faith and our, um, how we choose to live is not, you know, tied to the timing of that. It's not like we ramp up as it gets closer. It's not a parabolic curve, right? It's just a steady, it should be a steady line of growth, hopefully. Um, but the only reason it's going up is because we're getting closer to God and how he wants us to live rather than closer to the end times. I think that's just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you and I could live to be 100, and the end times might not come, or they might come tomorrow. Right. I mean, yeah. we, but that shouldn't affect. Yeah. You know? One of my, when I was, when I worked as a youth pastor, had a t-shirt, drove my senior pastor crazy, but I got a big kick out of it. And it just simply said, Jesus is coming, look busy. (laughs) (laughs) And he would just shake his head whenever he said, I was like, there's so many levels to it, though. There's so many levels. 
Oh, so anyway, Jesus, oh, Jesus is coming. Yeah, and faith by works, Dave. Look busy. I exactly, exactly. It's that's I said. It's there's levels. You could just unpack those levels. Uh, but yeah, the this idea of knowing the signs and that sort of thing, and I I, I guess that's the other thing is is I don't see anything significant in what is going on the world today that makes it different than any other time in history. Um, maybe the fact that the gospel has gone to more places than it has been in the past. Um, but um, immorality, again, the Rome, I, Again, I don't know if I said this before, but the Roman Empire, I think, choose whatever your level of immorality is, whatever it may be, and it was probably going on or not worse in the Roman Empire. Uh, I think there is that element, a little bit of, of social media makes us more aware of some of those things, but again, I, I just, I don't think, I personally just don't believe it's any worse than it was. And again, I even think when you talk about the foundation of the gospel, again, we're all sinners and we all fall incredibly short. And so to to say that there is a higher level of sin in our world today than there was 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, I just don't believe it. We're sinful and we're yeah. fallen regardless of how that manifests itself. I, th- I think it's 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 to say like, oh, 2016 was the worst year ever or... Uh, you know, things are worse than they've ever been. And, you know, I think it's self-deprecating pat on the back. Like, oh, look at me. I'm a good Christian in, in terrible times. It's like, you live in the suburbs in America. I, you're fine. Yeah. And I'm speaking to those people. I, you may be listening to this and have never lived in the suburbs and have never lived in America. Yep. If so, say hi. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Uh, seriously. I just I think when people whether whether they mean it or not and and I may be you know projecting here but when people get on the pity you know have a pity party for how bad things are I just want to be like no it it's not any worse than it has been you know there no world wars you know nothing like Vietnam especially here now you go to places like you know uh, some certain places in Africa. Really, 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 really scary stuff is happening for those people. Yes, and so for them, maybe it's the worst time in their history. And so, we should obviously be praying and sending aid and missionaries and which you know churches are doing. But to sit in America and say that this is the worst it's ever been. Not even close. No, I just go to the the race riots in the, the you know the uh, the fifties and sixties, World War Two, World War One, Vietnam, even the Gulf War. Yeah, nine eleven. Nothing like. I mean, it's just. I think it's just self centeredness and this idea that if we can say that things were worse now than they've ever been, that we're like tough and you know. And I I would even go so far as to say that 
I think quite the opposite is, is, is occurring. And even to the, to the extent that, you know, we've harped on here is, is the prosperity gospel. I said, if you, if you want to point to something that indicates the end times, the way Christianity has been, and I, again, I don't even think this is so different than it's been throughout history, but if you look at the way that, that Christianity has been so interwoven with the American dream, I, I, people are going to call me a heretic, but that to me points more towards the end times and things not being the way sh- they should be than any kind of pro- uh, uh, persecution or that going on in the world right now. The oh. fact that Christianity is is about wealth and prosperity. And being a Republican, yeah. It, it, that it, yeah. It, it is truly the, the kicker for me. Yeah, when when and yeah. again, okay, no, I'm I was deciding if I was going to talk about this or not, but when well-known evangelical Christians with sway in America are backing Donald Trump as a solid person to lead the country simply because he's the Republican candidate. That is something that is a major red flag to me. Yeah. I mean, you've said this before. If he ran as a Democrat, the Republicans would have they would crucified to- him. Yeah, they wouldn't tolerate him as a Democrat. And again, they're, they're, they're going to sit. Then the argument becomes the whole, <laughs> well, of course not, because he would have these ideologies. And it's like, no, it, it would be character flaws. And it would be that he's been married three different times. And just that, like it was to Hillary. And I'm not, I am not backing her. I'm no. just saying. No. And, and, and yeah, and I guess I should, I want to clarify that as well. I do not personally believe that government is the answer no, when it's it comes, not. when it comes to a lot of different things, but particularly when it comes to Christianity. And again, we've, we harp on this a little bit too, of just Jesus never aspired for political office. That's not where his power lay. That's not where he was looking to make the changes in the world. I am not saying you can't be a Christian and pursue a political career. I'm not saying that we've never had Christian presidents. I'm never, I'm not, you know, I am just saying that that is, I I just don't believe that that is how Jesus is going to have an impact on the kingdom is by needing to have a Christian president. Uh, it's just there's not a track record of him doing things that way. And so uh maybe maybe that's the very reason why it will happen that way because we've already said God does things in the ways that we don't expect and so but yeah I don't know. I don't know, Dave. All right, moving on. Uh verse 45. Uh, who then is the faithful and wise servant uh, whom his master has set? Yeah, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Jesus is coming, look busy. Um, <laughs> what I what is what what does it mean? Help? I don't. <laughs> and so. Um, in terms of being a master and doing what he's supposed to be doing, um, 
So, I mean, like, it's just written. Like, the word order is very odd. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, if the master finds a servant doing what the servant's supposed to be doing, he's blessed. Essentially, right? Am I sure. reading that correctly? Yeah. Okay. So, is that just the same as us saying... You know, live like you're supposed to, like, live like God has called you to live so that when he shows up, he'll see you living like you're supposed to live, even though he can see it without being here. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm, indeed. I don't know, I just, it's a weird, it's a weird two verses as far as, like, I had to read it, like, two or three times to go, oh, you could have said that a lot more simply. But, you know, I'm no literary critic. You know, I, I, verse 49 is the one that kind of stands out to me, is he begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards. And I don't know, is that what we, do we have a tendency to do that in the church? We, we beat each other up instead of um, lifting each other up and kind of, agree to disagree in the non-essentials or is it something more than that? Um, I don't know. Uh, I know for me personally, uh, I don't think I spend the time I should seeking him. And I don't know if clarity is the word that I want to use, but just that sense of being in his will, doing what he wants me to be doing I I subscribe to the thought that Jesus could truly pretty much be any one of us doing the very thing that most of us are doing, uh, short of it being just outright, you know, I don't think Jesus would have been a pimp. I'm guessing. There's an SNL skit waiting to happen. <laughs> I'm guessing he wouldn't been a drug dealer. Um, you know, I'm guessing he wouldn't be all about making multi-millions and being consumed with material things. But I do, you know, he came as a carpenter and did that until he was 30. And so I think there is this element of not everybody has to work for the church. Not everybody has to be a Mother Teresa. Not, you know, not everybody has to sell all their possessions and move to Somalia and live with the poorest of the poor. Everybody needs Jesus and everybody can be where they are and live the gospel with a handful of probably exceptions out there that I think if you're genuinely seeking him, he'll reveal to you that Yeah, you're probably not going to be a gun runner. Yeah, we 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 probably shouldn't be doing those things. Um but I certainly believe that he can get a hold of anybody's heart in those, in those situations and, and bring them around. Um, and so, so I guess that's a twofold for me is I think it's being obedient to what individually uh, we are being called to and then not being so consumed with what other Christians are doing short of us feeling like it, it, it it's what, God has revealed to us, you know, you and I are in a friendship and Cam, if I knew you were doing something that you shouldn't be doing. And I say, Cam, I don't think this falls within the line of what God wants for you. I'm going to, I'm going to say that if we're not in that kind of relationship, 
then it's really not my business to point out to you what you feel like God is calling to you or not. And I, as strange as this may sound, and maybe I've said it on here before, is I, I do think that what God calls one person to may be in conflict with what another person has been called to. And instead of worrying about what that other person is, is or isn't doing, we just need to go, God, I'm, I'm doing my best to be obedient to what you are doing. That seems really odd to me what that person is doing over there. But ultimately, it's between you and them and not between me and that person, short of being in an accountable type relationship with that person. And that's where I, I, I guess I sort of land on terms of um, us beating our fellow servants, is being overly consumed with what somebody else is doing versus what God is calling us and placing on our hearts. Yeah. And and if I'm off, tell me I'm off. <laughs> well, there, there's... I, want, I have things I want to say. I'm trying to prioritize <laughs> Multiple, them in my yeah. brain. Um, and correct me if I misunderstood you. Um, part of what I thought when you were just sharing, sharing, oh, that was such a church word. Or like an AA word. Thank you for sharing, David. Clap, clap, clap. Um, and now I'm totally off track. Uh, was talking about um, you. You were talking, and I got this thing that I you said before is like the church is really good at judging the people outside of the church who they shouldn't be judging because they're not Christians. So why should they live according to Christian standards? Mm-hmm. And they're bad at judging. They're, sorry, they're busy judging outside of the church, and they don't do it inside of the church other than to pretty much have a peeing contest about, you know, who goes to more Bible study or, or whatever. So it's more of like a, oh, we're going to pick uh, homosexuality uh, as the thing that we're going to rail against, and we're going to let marriage crumble. Mm-hmm. And then get annoyed when the homosexual people are allowed to get married and when marriage is so sacred to us and... How many, you know, people in the church uh, are divorced or have committed adultery or have a hollow marriage and the only reason they're staying together is because they go to church and they're supposed to. And and so this, the concept, and then like you get the infighting in the churches between the denominations or between, you know, you know who wants to be a WANA director and all, or like just petty crap, but there's no... In my experience, a severe lack of church discipline of the church to the uh, congregation. There's a severe lack of, to your point about accountability, right? You have to have a certain level of relationship with someone where you can say, you know what, I see this, and I'm calling you on it because I care about you. For that person to receive that, there has to be a certain depth of relationship and trust, right? Yes. Of true friendship. How many people do you go to church with that you have that level of friendship or trust with? If you're like me, it's a very small amount of people. And I don't go to a small church. I mean, there's probably, it's not huge. There's four or 500 if you include the kids. So it's a, I mean, that's right. a medium sized, like who cares? But the point is like, I should have more than four people hmm. if we're truly about Christian community. Yes. And said, and and so we get, I don't know how we get on this topic. (laughs) It's probably my fault. No, well, it's fine because 
we're kind of at the end of the passage anyways. Um, but how, how easy it is to kind of take a bird's eye view of the church and see all of the judgment going outwards and a whole lot of nothing happening on the inside. Mm-hmm. And I realize that's like super judgmental on the church. And, it's, <laughs> and again, I don't hate the church. I don't hate Christians. I just, I think the church in general, again, and again, I'm speaking in generalities, so I'm going to be wrong. And you're going to have experiences that are going to tell me that I'm wrong. And, and that's fine. But the priorities are wrong, I think. Mm-hmm. And not all that is on the church. It also falls on Christians. Because guess what I don't do? I don't go to my life group. The people that should be those people that I have that relationship with. And so that's on me. That's not on the church. No. My church has got a very strong, well, my church has a lot of life groups. And it's something that they have emphasized and something that they are sort of reemphasizing this year to try and build that community. And the issue with my lack of, you know, deep Christian friendships is that's on me. So I can yell at the church all I want, but push comes to shove. I'm the problem in my circumstance. Yeah. So maybe I should cool it with the rail on the church and start <laughs> railing on myself. I don't Possibly. Know. <laughs> Possibly. You're too nice, Dave. Tell me I'm an idiot. It's okay. I can handle it. Well, and I'm going to come back to, I think, again, where you were coming from. And this is, it's 1 Corinthians 5, 9, uh, I think through verse 12. And uh, Paul says, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I'm writing you to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother. I'm going to interject and say that he's talking about Christians here. If he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, a reviler, a drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. What have I to do with judging outsiders, non-Christians, people outside the church? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. And... um, I guess I'm in agreement with you of we choose to judge those outside the church because it's easy and there's generally, well, it's just, it's easy. Um, and it's much more difficult to do that with those who we are in relationship with. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a church where this is, is done on a healthy level, then God bless you. And that's great. Um, but as a member of the church, uh, I, I am a part of this in that, uh, the focus is, I believe in the wrong place and it's not 
um, well, it, it's not with judging the people outside the church, which we are so quickly to do. And and then I, I, this was the thought that I was having, and it's not. I I think the things that we choose to focus at are are are, are just off because they become more about political things than they do about biblical things. At least that's my experience. Yeah. Well, all right. We got in our uh, <laughs> we got in our church stuff, so that's good. Well, I think that brings us to the end of chapter twenty four of the gospel according to Matthew. Yeah. Um you know, we didn't get to the point of cutting people to pieces and putting them with the hypocrites. Or did we? We Maybe read we it. Did. We read it, but we didn't necessarily. <laughs> well, no, I guess we didn't uh, uh, dwell. I'm a little bit tongue in cheek, and maybe that's what we were talking about about being hypocrites and oh. <laughs> judging inside uh, the church and outside ooh, the church. And <laughs> Good one. So anyway, yeah. Well, I think that does it. As always, it flies by. Episode eighty-eight. If you want to get in touch, you can do so to Dave's new twitter handle <laughs> the drives cam crazy eight eight c at at david j hoag how do you spell your last name h-o-g-u-e yes i'm at cam brennan you can email us hello at supermegacorp.net let us know your thoughts about what we said about the church absolutely and about christian community and also if you have thoughts on this whole Jesus painting a picture of the end times and then saying, you're not going to know when it's going to happen. Just be ready at all times. I'd like to hear your thoughts because I still would like to have a better understanding. <laughs> and I'm annoyed that I couldn't provide that. So, well, I have ruined this ending. So we're just going to say <laughs> sayonara. Bye. <laughs>